Good morning, brothers and sisters. Today I want to speak to you specifically about one of the aspects of the sacrament of confession, the aspect of penance. And when you go to confession, one of the requirements is that the priest give you a penance. It's required in the laws of the sacrament. And if the priest for some reason doesn't give you a penance, he has to do one for you. So that's why we're usually pretty strict about making sure we give you a penance. There's another interesting rule about penances. I can't give you a penance that benefits me in any way. I can't say, well, you have to go wash my car. That's your penance. No, I can't do that. And I also can't give you a penance that would require you to reveal your sin to anyone else. Okay, I want you to go and tell the police what you've done. No, I can't do that. So there, there are rules that govern confession and govern the law of penance, but why is penance so essential to the forgiveness of our sins? If Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin, why do you and I, when we confess, have to pay at least some price? Because that's what the penance is. It is, at least in a small way, the mode by which we seek to make up for our sin. Now, obviously, our penances are not sufficient to make up for our sins. Only the cross of Jesus can do that. But he still expects us to contribute, to do some type of act of sacrifice or penance. And the simple reason is because out of justice, there are consequences to sin. There's a law in physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? That's justice in the moral plane. For every moral decision you make, there's an equal and opposite moral decision. So when you do evil, evil is the consequence. When you do good, good is the consequence. You may think, well, that's not the opposite. Well, we don't mean opposite in the sense of contradictory to. We mean flowing from, flowing from it. So when you do a good deed and you follow the law of God, the order of creation as he designed it, the order continues to flow in the manner it was designed to flow. But when you do something evil, suddenly that, that stream, that flow becomes disrupted. And that disruption affects everything else in the stream. Again, it's the idea of the pebble dropped in the pond, the still water. It's those ripple effects. Now, as human beings, the ripple effects that we cause when we sin are twofold. There is the spiritual effect, and there is the material or physical effect, because you and I are complex creatures. We're not animals, and we're not angels. Angels are pure spirits. Animals are pure matter. We're matter and spirit, so when I do something that has a moral quality to it, it affects both matter and spirit. Jesus pays the price for the spirit. He, he fixes the problem you have with God. <laughs> when you sin, when I sin. That's what his cross makes up for, which is why he can forgive us. But he does not pay the price for the matter, for the natural order of things. And that's one of the things he requires us to participate in, the natural consequences of sin as opposed to the supernatural consequences. He takes care of the supernatural stuff. That's why we're forgiven by God. But we have a responsibility to help take care of the natural stuff. So one of the ways we do that is through our penance. Now again, the penances we receive in confession don't really make up for much. So it's not like our Lord is even asking us necessarily to do the whole thing. 
but the saints teach us that our Lord, in his infinite wisdom and justice, gives us the penances we need throughout our lives to make up for our past sins. Those are the daily crosses that come to us. And if we go to confession, repent of our sins, do our little penance, and then suffer patiently the crosses that come to us throughout each day, if we do that, then we're saved. Like, there's no worry. You're fine. You're going to heaven. That's it. You see, that's exactly what Zacchaeus is doing in the gospel today. He's going to confession. It's like one of the first examples of somebody confessing their sins to Jesus. And notice he, he goes to confession publicly. Why? He's a public sinner. All the other Jews know who and what he is. But he is clearly, when he has this encounter with Jesus, he's repenting of his sins. And he's willing to do penance. What does he say? Lord, half of all of my possessions I will give away to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, I won't just pay it back. I'll pay it back four times over. I think that's a pretty good penance. I think that's a very good penance. Now, that doesn't, it's not his penance that enables Jesus to forgive him. It's Jesus' penance for him, the cross. But he's still required to do some act of penitence himself. And this is why the Lord says, salvation has come to your home. Because you are humble, you have admitted to your sins and repented, and you are willing to do penance. How could the Lord refuse forgiveness to anyone like that? He can't. He won't. But it's that aspect of penance that we have to keep in mind. Jesus is not kind of this, this magic bank that pays all your debts. He pays the important ones. But one of the things any loving parent would want to do for their children is not just be responsible for their children, but teach their children responsibility. Good parents do this. That's why they discipline. That's why they correct. That's why they give them jobs and tasks to do around the house. Because it teaches them responsibility. It helps that child grow up and become mature. And Jesus wants that for each one of us. If we did not have penances and crosses in our lives, we would never become spiritually mature. We wouldn't. The problem that we have, however, is that we resist these penances. Either we don't freely take them upon ourselves, as Zacchaeus does, Jesus doesn't tell him what to do. He says, no, Lord, I elect to do these penances. And the Lord is pleased. Now, when you go to confession, you could ask me, hey, Father, can you give me this penance? If you really want one, I can do that. Usually when people ask, I, I don't give them exactly what they want because that in and of itself is a penance when you don't get what you want. However, there is something truly naturally virtuous about the individual who's willing to take upon themselves penances that aren't assigned to them. You see this in the lives of all of the great saints, that they took upon themselves extra penances, extra, to make up for their sins and the sins of others. But this is very difficult for the average believer. We don't have the strength of will, the strength of character, oftentimes, that these great men and women have. But that's where our Lord, in his mercy, St. Therese and so many of the other saints, teaches us that the Lord will give you the penances that you need. 
He will do that. Every little cross, every little suffering, and the big ones, of course, that comes to you each day is our Lord's gift to you. It's his gift to you. You want to make up for your, your sins? You want to do penance in this life and not in purgatory? Here, this is from me. Suffer this just today, and you'll help to pay the price, the natural consequence of your sin. You'll help to correct it. You see, our Lord is a just God. He's very merciful. He's infinitely merciful, but he's also infinitely just. And he has for each one of us a certain requirement of penance that we're going to have to complete in our lives in order to go straight to heaven when we die. Now, if we don't get that penance done before we die, that's what purgatory is. It's one of the reasons there's a purgatory. I've got to finish up, pay back the, the small debt that I still owe the Lord. So if I have suffered my daily crosses patiently, then when I die, by his grace, in the sacraments of the church, I'm good. I'll go straight to heaven. Maybe I'll kind of slide through purgatory real quick, but it won't be long. That's also why receiving the apostolic pardon when you're near death is such a wonderful grace the church gives because it takes away your purgatory time. So even if you had 100 years left of purgatory because you hadn't suffered patiently all of the daily crosses that came to you, you just kind of racked up year after year after year. You're going to go to heaven. It's just going to take a little longer. If you get the apostolic pardon before you die, boom, it's gone. Straight in. And you may think, that sounds merciful, but it doesn't sound very just. Well, it is. It's completely just. Because your, your debt was paid. It was just paid by one of the saints. That's where the grace of that blessing, the apostolic pardon, comes from. It's the merit of the saints, which is applied to those souls who do not have sufficient merit of their own. And the beautiful thing about how that is just even in heaven is this, that if I get to heaven more quickly because of the apostolic pardon, I'm going to be honoring not only Christ who saved me, but the saint who helped me get through purgatory quickly. So that saint is receiving more honor because of what they did for me. That's why we pray for the souls in purgatory, because if we help speed up their process and get them into heaven more quickly, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be praying and interceding for us. One, while we're still here on earth, which is very helpful, and they're already in heaven. And two, when we get to heaven, they will be grateful to us, and we to they. I mean, think about that for a moment, this beautiful mutual love in heaven, right? We're grateful to them, they're grateful to us. It's just this beautiful relationship and love forever. But it all comes down to the fact that we need to remember that penance is required by the church, it's required by Christ. And we can't run from it. We have to learn to accept it more humbly. And if you choose to take upon penances, without being given them on your own by your confessor or priest. First, if they seem extreme in any way, you have to get your, your pastor or your confessor's permission first. So no, no wearing hair shirts or self-flagellation. None of that without my permission, please. I may grant it, it just depends. 
But little penances are always great. It's always best to start off small, and they could be anything. If you're unsure what you should do, what is appropriate for you, ask your guardian angel. He knows you best. Now, he's usually going to suggest something you don't like, because those are the best penances. So you have to listen very humbly. But even if you struggle to do that, every time you're driving down the road and you're almost late for work and that one driver just won't get out of the left-hand lane and you know, you're just getting very frustrated, you're tempted to be angry, to maybe say some choice words, give some choice hand signals, realize that our Lord put that slow driver in front of you to make up for your sins. And you can say, well, I wasn't sinning on the way to work that day. Yes, but I'm sure you sinned at some point in the past that you got away with, that you haven't suffered for as of yet. Our Lord is just giving you an opportunity to do penance. And if you get angry and you don't suffer that cross patiently, you lost it. It's gone. You can't get it back. Now, our Lord will try again later on. <laughs> He's never going to stop. So each of us needs to learn this important lesson. It is one of the singular phrases Jesus repeated over and over again in his ministry. He says, if you would be my disciple, you must pick up your cross daily and follow me. Daily. And a cross is never anything you pursued. It's something that was given to you. You're not supposed to have control over it. So pray for that grace, that humility that Zacchaeus had. That he was willing not only to accept any punishment, any penance that Jesus would have given, but he actually offered a penance himself. And because of that, what Jesus said was true. Salvation had come to his house. Of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.